Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious Rafael Nadal winning that 21st Grand Slam in Australia. In the Down Under, man, has he cemented himself as the greatest tennis player of all time? I mean, he's put himself at the top of that race night now between the great three because, I mean... Better is what you said forty. Yeah, he's not he's not winning anymore. We don't think he's playing. And with Djokovic kind of just dealing with his troubles right now, not even being let into the last tournament. Like, if if he could win another on top of this, like I could be on board with that sentiment, Matt. Man, getting too ahead of Djokovic while uh, he's sidelined would be kind of just perfect for the man. Uh, he needs that to to cement himself. It's crazy to think that the next closest guys are like fourteen. And the three of them all broke 20. They are the greatest tennis players of our lifetime. The fact that they had to do it against each other is amazing. Poor Murray. Uh, He got three in there, but could have had way more in a different era. Uh, Just absolute dominance for for male tennis, man. It's, It's been something to watch. I love watching tennis. The things that they can do. Some of the shots that Federer's hit over his career, like the tweener, the around the net, like he's just unreal. I hope it kind of like lights a fire because like tennis is kind of going to have to go into this like new age, right? Like I have to transition into the next set of stars because we kind of blessed with this trifecta in the past little while. Yeah, man. And if you want to talk about just a little bit of the new stars, I kind of want to mention Canada soccer right after it because it kind of segues right into this because Canada's got two top 15 tennis players in the world right now. Um, the Al- Alexandre Felix, um, I, I can't say Legend. his last name, and you then Denis Shapovalov, both of them in the top 15, under 25 uh, for male Canada tennis players. Uh, so the, the future is looking bright in Canada in tennis, a sport that we've never really dominated, had, had that kind of high hopes. And in soccer, man, it looks like Canada is making the World Cup. We beat Ecuador 2-0 last night. I don't know. We're just a big fan of the 2-0 win. Um, And it's just been coming like bread and butter, man. How can you not be excited for men's soccer right now? We had generations of, you know, our women's soccer team being talented. You know, we were so blessed with, with what they achieved. And now to have this team come together, to be undefeated so far, to be one win away from getting to go all the way and return since, I'm sorry, Matt, 1986 ain't been in our lifetimes that we've gotten to see this. So this would be wonderful to see. And I so hope that the boys can get one over Costa Rica, Jamaica, Panama. One win, Matt. We have to wait a while. I think it's March when the games are coming, but oh, exciting. It's absolutely so exciting. The fact that Canada was bidding on the FIFA games, uh, and oh. you know, like everyone's like, "Oh, you guys aren't even gonna make it!" Like, how can we have a host country that doesn't even have a represent representative? Like, no, guys, yeah. we are gonna be the representative <laughs> because we're doing this without even our best player, Alfonso Davies, and that just makes it all the sweeter because he's our world class, he's our dominant player. Um, gotta love it, man gotta abso- absolutely love it and the man has been live streaming during the games while he's in quarantine with his dad going absolutely off off it's been so funny to see he's obviously super invested and i and i can't wait to see where this team goes from here absolutely Ugh, what a time to be a canadian man uh and man i think this is the second time this year that i've called a raps o for week and they've reversed it and gone perfect. 
that reverse curse magic i'm not gonna call it again obviously can't abuse that kind of power but hey <laughs> we could just skip to rash out we had a fabulous week my friend matt's in like full-on basketball mode you gotta write look you gotta you gotta take time between it you know don't let the basketball gods on to what you're doing here you know i can't believe it it's it's always a reverse curse situation but hey We'll save some time. We're definitely going to talk about the Raps later. We can't do it just yet because, obviously, football is wild. In, but the Raps had a wild week. Exciting times for the Raptors, and I look forward to the chats later. Yo, man, I love that you bring up football, though. Because, yeah, man, expect the unexpected. Uh, the team that was 0-6 against the San Francisco 49ers finally got that win, man. They pulled it out. Your Rams, you gave them a little bit of extra love and support your take it, it, it helped them get there six and one baby man i'm so glad to be back on track yeah i think i gave the rams a little magic you know might have been stolen from the the bills not pulling it out for your boy a little bit earlier but hey man it's kind of crazy where we're sitting right now the super bowl is set i'm excited in two weeks time for half unexpected expected it's crazy but let's talk about these games matt because another banger weekend after what we had the previous like who'd have thought we'd have this much exciting football in these back-to-back -back rounds absolutely i mean both games featured comebacks the rams being down 17 to 10 san francisco looking like they were in control and jimmy garoppolo is going to go and do what jimmy garoppolo does anybody who looks at stats and wins and says oh if the quarterback's winning it doesn't matter about his stats like, I'm sorry for you. It's proven that you should be also looking at the stats. You should also watch the game because I test tells you that Jimmy <laughs> G is not necessarily the best quarterback in the NFL, even though his record in the playoffs indicates that he's one of the better playoff quarterbacks in the NFL. He also has one of the better teams. You have to take all that into consideration. Matthew Stafford out in Detroit, you know, started his career 0-3, finally got to a good team in the LA Rams, and 3-0 and now. He's 3-3 three and three in his career. He's back to 500, just like that, and with a Super Bowl win could make it 4-3. and three. How sweet would that be for a guy who was told that, you know, it wasn't all Detroit's fault. It was him, too. I mean, the Rams are pretty wild, though, especially with OBJ joining them. Like, it they're really was a week. 100%, they're going for it. I mean, hey, you called it. I'm pretty sure you were on board with the Rams for – the, the year, past, baby. I was going to say for the whole season at this point. So it's going to be really interesting. The, the 49ers-Rams game, like, you know, I, I guess they figured it out, which is a really exciting thing for the Rams because if they can keep this momentum going into a Super Bowl against a team that nobody expected at this point. Like, apparently my first-round magic has, has kept with this Bengals squad because, Matt, can you believe it? The Chiefs? who should be about to roll into another almost guaranteed Super Bowl win, fumbled the bag at the last second? Um, I have no idea what really happened. I mean, I kind of, at the end of the second half, when Tony Romo says, if they find a way to come back and the Kansas City Chiefs lose this game, they're going to look at this play all offseason as the reason that they didn't win. And yeah. Mahomes threw the pass backwards to Tyreek Hill and just assumed that he'd speed into the end zone. Didn't get that. Didn't get out of bounds. Didn't get enough for a field goal. That field goal would have been enough to avoid overtime. Would have handed them the game. Would have put it to 24 to, to 3. It was 21-3. They were up 18 points. 
It was twenty to three. Yeah, so twenty one to three. That extra one. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. It's yeah. I don't know. I bet on it. I bet on Patrick Mahomes throwing three touchdowns immediately. He and he had three touchdowns immediately. And then I bet on Joe Burrows, and I said Joe Burrows is definitely gonna have two touchdowns in this game. Little did I know that they were actually gonna win the game. I thought Patrick Mahomes was gonna keep throwing touchdowns. He fell apart in the second half. He went from perfect to frightened and scared and trying not to lose, and he wasn't pulling the trigger on open plays. His receivers made some drops. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill made some drops that they normally make. And the story of the season, Tyreek Hill's had about like four or five of these this year, where wow. balls have hit him in the hands and ended up in a defensive back's interception. <sighs> so, I mean, there's something there. It's brutal to see. I thought they were going to win, but, man, the Bengals looking like a team of destiny. And, and it's tough, too, right? Because, like, obviously a lot of that second half probably fell into overtime because for the Chiefs to win the coin toss, throw an interception, and lose the game is so... Like, if you're a Chiefs fan and you expect every outcome of, of you know, overtime in a game, that's, like, so far from what you expect to happen, what you think is going to happen, and so uncharacteristic... So like there must have been something brewing, and, and they gotta they gotta come together and figure it out because while they've been and had all this success in the past like three four years, like this could be a falling point, a true detrimental point if they don't learn from it. For Mahomes to pass a ball that was nearly interception uh, intercepted, and then have it dropped in overtime and then on the next play throw the interception i think that's where the big issue is the fact that he couldn't pull it together in the second half that it just absolutely unraveled that he wasn't able to get it get it going um i mean that's why they lost because when patrick mahomes is on and he's patrick mahomes they're the best team in the league when he's off they can get beat by the giants man they almost did you know it was 20 to 17 win what back in week like eight or something I guess that's who they truly are if, if he's not on. So is it time to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the other young rookies? Because obviously we're setting up the Super Bowl. we got two weeks, so we're going to come back and we're going to break down that true matchup between the Bengals and Rams a little bit more. AFC champs, NFC champs. Matt, the one thing that I do have to mention is, is this going to be the second year of back-to-back Super Bowls at home for a team? Because I hear this doesn't it happen a lot in the NFL. See, this is kind of the weird thing that I'm like a little bit nervous about when I'm picking the, the game because the Bengals <laughs> feel like a team of destiny, right? And I don't want to bet right. against Joe Burrows. Um, he could be the the first quarterback in history to win the Heisman, the national cha- championship in college and the Super Bowl. He could be the third quarterback ever to win a national championship and the Super Bowl. Jo- joining Joe Montana and Joe Namath as the only other two. So it would okay. be as okay. so three, Joe Burrow, Joe Namath, Joe wow. Montana. Kind of eerie, right? But then That's you have the idea that Tom Brady, who couldn't get the credit that he necessarily deserved for that legacy. I mean, in New England, everyone was like still arguing, was it Bill? Was it Tom? And he lost that, or he won that Super Bowl against the Rams where it was a defensive battle and everyone was like oh it's definitely bill and now he leaves joins a team pulls that roster to the super bowl they Uh win the super bowl in his very first season and he's now credited as having the reason for the dynasty 
Matthew Stafford out in Detroit, couldn't get over the team, couldn't get over the team. Everyone's kind of blaming him a little bit, blaming the team. It's Detroit. He gets traded to a new team, takes mm. him to the Super Bowl. Tampa was at home last year. The Rams are at home this year. Crazy. Can Matthew Stafford kind of follow in Tom Brady's footsteps, which would be wild. I have no idea, but I'm very excited to see it. It's a beautiful storyline, right? And the NFL is obviously in a, in a very weird place, but at least as Matt is telling me, these young studs are here to stay. You know, I'm so excited when, you know, rookies can come in. And, you know, we're all sad, obviously, that Brady's retiring this man at 43, 44. Sometimes I don't believe that when it comes out of my mouth because it's insane that he basically is the MVP right now at that age. But, you know, the, the league is in good hands, let's hope. It would be so funny if people were changing their vote to vote for him right now and he ended up retiring as the league MVP the year after winning a Super Bowl. Um, what it does, it just cements him as the, the greatest of all time. It makes us remember him as he left more on the table than he than he took, which is crazy at 44. Um, but you're right, man. I mean, Mahomes being the oldest of the bunch in the AFC at 26 years old, but you got Burroughs, Lamar, Allen at 25. You got Trevor Lawrence out in Jacksonville, who didn't have a great season, but, you know, generational prospect, right, quote-unquote. And then you exactly. got Justin, Justin Herbert, who's 23. Like, these guys are so young, so good. The AFC is in such good hands. I'm excited about it, my friend. I'm happy as well because, I mean, as Matt knows, and I've mentioned it, this guy's getting me to watch more football. I've paid attention more than ever. I was sad having to go to talk to Austin that we weren't going to get to go through a table together because that Maybe was the plan. Year. Maybe next year, right? Like, I still believe in Josh Allen. This team was this close, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think the reason that, like, you know, you don't necessarily like football is because it does have a really ugly side. Um, and that kind of reared its head this week. Brian Flores, man, had to sue the NFL for their hiring practices. It's super sad and disheartening to see this guy give up potential future career millions of dollars um respect a potential spot in the hall of fame because he has a great amazing track record of being a fabulous coach man i mean this guy took over a roster that was so bad that when it started the season they were getting pummeled just absolutely pummeled and people like eight games in the season were like are they the worst team in nfl history worst roster in nfl history by the end mm -hmm. of the season i think they won three of five games or like three of six games which is not bad for that roster then mm -hmm. he takes that team to 10 and six and then he has a quarterback who's not great who's not i like Tua, but he's not great quarterback he's super young and he's not great fan favorite he won eight of nine games down the stretch mm -hmm. and you fire him and now he can't get a job and now people are texting him congratulations for a job that he didn't get when his interview is three days away so he knows he's being interviewed as a sham because of the rooney rule and it's just it's brutal the the alleged thing with the denver broncos and them showing up drunk is despicable on their part um, it's just awful. Offering him money to tank is a systemic problem because it creates an image that he's not a good coach if he loses and he takes that, which most people would take that because you're offering them money to do something that their team is probably going to do anyways. Oh, just... Ah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's an unfortunate situation all around. And, you know, when we're living in a day and age where people are fighting for equality, for rights, for just... The ability to be heard, to be understood, and just to be a part. Because that's all everybody really just wants, right? 
people are looking for inclusivity for community you know for for friendship for companionship right and 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 if we're gonna if we're gonna cut people out if we're just gonna decide that this person or that person regardless of their color their ideas their beliefs anything are going to be put to a, a lower standard or even put to a higher standard you know if we go the reverse direction right like it's just not okay well, and we hope that positives come out of this and it's a shame that it takes people potentially ruining their lives for everyone else to have a better chance to be raised up yeah i i, I think change totally needs to come out of this hopefully it will come out of this i'm not hopeful because the nfl has been this kind of way for forever they're a bad league i mean look at colin kaepernick uh, <laughs> it's just so sad to see this guy give up all of that future potential for the next generation but it's it's very commendable and uh he's he's a an amazing person to do that to be willing to to step forward and do that um because we all know about the hiring practices i mean the fact that they even have to have a rule where you have to hire one african-american candidate um you guys 70 percent of the players in the league are black so if let's say i don't know 10 percent of them become coaches and five percent of those coaches are good you don't think you can find like 10 15 <laughs> excellent nfl head coaches that are black instead of just the one that you have right now out of 27 it's pretty pathetic that the nfl would allow this and that the owners do this it's pathetic and it's also just a conversation of relatability right like aren't we trying to create the best product the best thing possible and so like you have to have relatability like the guys on the field have to get together and you know feel like a team the coaches the staff they all have to be a part of that team there are so many working cogs to a football squad to a unit to an organization and like i'm sorry some of these owners are probably you know enabling their losing ways because they are not creating the best success possible for their environment and do they care no because to them it's pennies in the fish pond you know there's a reason there are certain successful nfl franchises on a consistent basis it's because those are the ones that are willing to adapt they have owners that are willing to change not that they're good people a lot of them are pretty bad people still um but they're willing to adapt i mean and i think we need to get them out of the league we need we need to find a way to to get that out because i think like on the player side it's easy to get it out there right i mean i look at the echl and what happened like a few weeks ago with uh, jordan suban and and um i forget the other player's name but um there's been some you know racial slurs and, and gesturing you can get those players out of the league like i'm sorry those guys they shouldn't be on teams and not just suspended they just shouldn't have the right to play in the echl anymore sorry you guys have shown that you don't demonstrate human right above and equality above you know playing hockey and being a competitor and a jerk or whatever on the ice sorry you can't play in this league good luck with your career in you know germany i don't know <laughs> i mean any anyone who's in these leagues are put to a higher standard they're seen in the spotlight right they're they're a community focus so, you know, the hope is that those people are removed and better people are brought in. I know the Broncos are apparently up for sale, so, you know, we can hope that positive things will come out of that. But, I mean, are we knows, expecting right? that? Who knows, right? But yeah. you know what team needs to be for sale? Oh, go say, what, what, at the end of the day? Uh, bro, we're on the same page, I'm pretty sure, because I was going to joke about Arizona because, you know, we, we, we in Canada need more teams because we'll support you. We're a great nation. 
And you're I can't, over here about to joke about them. I can't believe Shane Wright could be the first NHL first overall draft pick to debut in a stadium that is smaller than his junior stadium. I mean, 5,000 seats is a joke in the NHL. The fact that they're willing to put up with this, the fact that they're willing to sink owner money into it, like, it's just an absolute joke. They're, like, rescheduling games here. They're making it tight for Canadian teams to play and finish out the schedule because they want fans in the stands, and Canada's a little bit more tight on regulations. Uh, that's because we care about our health and, you know... <laughs> our people? Yeah, and our government spending on health care. Um, it's not all privatized like you guys, but... Um, but whatever. It's also not perfect. Let's also no. It's like, not perfect. We're not perfect, and we're doing we're some not. things wrong. But also, like, and we probably it, are over government enforcing it at this point. Like, you know, most people have the vaccine. Most people are safe, and if if you don't feel safe, stay home. Um, you know, there's Agreed. services and everything. Um, but that's a topic for a different day. The fact that they're just letting this happen is a joke. It's an absolute absolute joke. I mean, it's almost as big of a joke as my Montreal Canadiens. Um, hopefully Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon can turn them around. I like the things that I'm reading and hearing about them. But, man, that's all I really want to talk about, the ho- hockey. Hockey doesn't deserve our attention right now. It's a bad league. Um, Florida's probably going to win. going to go <laughs> Tampa, just... Tampa, Florida. It's like, what are we doing out here? It's You can't even play hockey outside in Florida ever. I mean, they can they could freeze some ice, but, it, you know, it'll last for about 20 minutes, and then you're playing not even. hockey. Playing yeah, hockey. You're not exactly. playing hockey anymore. But yeah, it's been a it's been a roller coaster of a season for Matt over there as an NHL fan. Hopefully, we can push the 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 time forward button, and a, a year from now, Matt is going hype because his team is fired with his new draft pick. But yeah, anything else, dude? Or shall we roll into basketball? Man, I just really want to talk about basketball. That's why I'm here. Let's go. Right, well, <laughs> let's get some of the stuff that we don't love talking about out of the way, so Matt can talk about the exciting, epic things that this week was. First off, first injuries. Let's talk about LeBron. Because he's got some knee irritation. He's missed four straight games. I think five now. Thankfully, AD's back for the Lakers. But they're still kind of meddling right now. And LeBron being injured again is, is, is tough for this team. Look, man. They're not a very great, good team. Not even great team. Uh, LeBron makes them good. Um, he's leading the league in scoring at 37 year 19 and it's not even good enough for them to be a top four team in the western conference which let's be real man after memphis and utah it kind of goes downhill pretty fast like dallas is literally afloat because of luka um denver is afloat because of Jokic. la the clippers just have a good roster like they don't even have their superstars they just have a good roster crazy (laughs) and you guys have westbrook and ad and lebron and you can't even be above them like cat and anthony edwards are carrying the wolves harder than you guys are carrying the lakers like it's just i don't know man i don't know okay i will have to say ant-man has been sick this year and i'm once we get like deeper into the season and we have a little bit more time i definitely want to talk about these two wolves because i think they're around to stay i think they're a playoff team but to stick to lebron and the lakers and injuries tough at least ad is back right okay so moving forward we have to talk about bradley beal now because this really changes up a lot of things we're gonna have to come back to beal when we talk about the trade market that might happen because apparently beal might be open to a trade now but to stick to his injuries he's got a left wrist injury it's only gonna be a couple weeks at least four games enough that hey, maybe if he does want to move, he gets traded, he can move, blah, blah, blah. Not the biggest of deals, but has to be brought up. Look, man, they started off 14-8, and eight, I think even better than that. And they're, what, like 24-27 and 27 now? They've kind of fallen off. You said it best. They had that high injection of, of excitement with the new players and, and playing together and getting Russell Westbrook out of there. So they didn't have two, two ball-stagnant players. 
Beal is a, the type of player that you know would love to play in a free flowing offense. Like I'm sure he'd love to be Steph Curry. I, I'm sure every kind of guard shooter would love to be in an offense like Steph Curry. So he's you know happier about that with Kuzma and Harrell around, and they're just not good enough. They don't have the talent. I mean, this is kind of where I pegged them at the beginning of the season at 11. Yeah, I think it's where they're gonna finish, man. Okay, so let's we'll switch to the other side now. Let's talk about Tim Hardaway because there's been an update. He's officially had surgery. There's no timetable for return. The Mavs, as you said, are still afloat because of Luka. But missing Tim Hardaway, the true winner of the Christos Porzingis trade, obviously we joke, we joke, we yeah. joke. But still, it's going to be hard for them because we don't know when he's coming back. And he's an important shooter for that squad. Absolutely. He's he's very, very important. I mean, thankfully they've got a guy like Jalen Brunson who's carrying a lot of the load. Um, but, man that's a big loss for that team they're very very thin at the guard spot and at the shooter spot and that makes it even worse man they should have kept seth curry seth curry on this roster would look so oh, yeah. so nice i don't even know who they got back for him like it's brutal i don't i don't even remember myself but let's keep let's keep rolling feel free to google it while i talk about joe Ingles because i'm sad Man, the Jazz have been absolutely falling. They have not kept up their pace from the last few seasons. And now Joe Ingles, tough injury, torn ACL. He's out for the season. Man, he's going to have surgery in two to three weeks. He's probably going to have to recover into next season. Another tough, tough loss for this Utah Jazz team who's going to miss another shooter. I mean, they're still one of the best shooting teams in the league. Yo, but, ugh, pain. Joe Ingles is good, man. He's a good player. Um, they're built <laughs> on depth. Man, last year when we were looking at it, um, him and and Bogdanovich and, and Clarkson are like a three-headed monster off the bench, really. Like, it's yeah. they could be starters in, on a lot of teams in this league. So it's, um, it's you know, it's, it's tough to say, um, but they're going to really miss him. And I think the Utah Jazz are kind of floundering right now. I mean, Gobert is a great defensive monster, but Mitchell and, and Conley, Conley's another year older, another step slower. Um, Mitchell can't do the whole load by himself as much. And I'm pretty sure he's still recovering from his injuries. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know what this team is going to do, man. They're they're looking like they're kind of floundering a little bit. Uh, Jordan Clarkson's still playing out of his mind, though. He's still uh, playing really well. But we'll be talking about Jordan in just a couple minutes' time. So last last injury, then we can then we can move a little bit forward because I know Matt loves to just get out of this place as fast as possible because we don't love injuries, but we love to talk about how it affects their teams. Yes, and this one's easy. It's it's Shea. He's got an ankle injury. He's sprained it two weeks minimum. OKC tank is gonna tank. That's really all we can say about it. All I gotta say is that he's pretty injury prone. Eh? He's got some. Um... A, a history of minor injuries that are popping up so if i'm a team and i know that okc isn't in love with him i might True. try to get him but i'd make sure that i have a backup plan if i'm trying to get him <laughs> yeah i mean that's the unfortunate part of how injuries affect us right we have to be ready for that okay so we're done with the injuries we've moved past it where do you want to go matt should we move into some streaks is it all-star time what's your favorite topic of time Oh man, I mean we could do trade market, we could do streaks, we could do all-star. Um let's let's do trade market cuz I think honestly we should get it out of the way. It's happening really soon by next week. Uh it'll have already happened. It, well, 
Yeah, right? The 10th is yeah, the... It's is the 10th. At, yeah, at 3 p.m. So if we record past 3 p.m., which we should, um, it'll be perfect. We'll we'll have nailed the, do- the deadline. I don't know if much is going to happen, man. Um, CJ yeah. McCollum, De'Aaron Fox, Miles Turner, Sabonis, Ben Simmons, Beal. Those are all the names that are out there, but I don't know if any of them move. I mean, Ben Simmons is probably the most likely to move, but can he even be moved at this point? Beal for Simmons, maybe. Like, there's... There's a lot of weird ways to think about it, but this trade deadline, I think, is more of a reviewable one than a predictable one. I mean, we've talked about different options the past few weeks. We've tried to figure out what might happen. We've speculated. But there's been, like, one trade this season, maybe two, a couple. It's been really quiet, and like Matt said, I I think he's right. I don't think we're going to see a lot of movement. I'd be interested, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the year that the Magic might do something. The Pacers definitely should blow up but can they do it matt apparently you can you can get a ticket to a pacers game for a dollar that's in the city that's absolutely wild (laughs) the pacers don't want to blow up because they can't afford to not have fans to exist as a franchise so like it is a weird weird time and i i would rather look to next week and break down what's happening rather than try to think because i feel like we've already broken it all down yeah and i think also when the play-in gets accounted for you it makes it harder for those bottom end teams to become sellers right like the knicks don't want to be sellers the celtics don't want to be sellers the raps don't want to be sellers charlotte doesn't want to be a seller uh because we're all in that that hunt the seven to to ten range and the pacers are like oh we're only 12th we're only right out of that range so i think it's gonna be a quiet one i think the deals are gonna get done in the off season but we'll see man if i was the pacers i'd have to tear it down i mean that's what we're expecting that's unless you lose your franchise so (laughs) oh gosh who knows man i mean we'll be here to stay we'll be here to see it all and break it down but let's bring up these streaks matt best streaks in the league right now phoenix at 11 crazy to think and golden state at seven talk to me my dude dude i think phoenix and golden state we've talked about them multiple times this year they've been on our top of our streaks multiple times this year they are the teams to beat um they're beating up on a pretty paltry Western Conference. I mean, after, like we talked about, after the Memphis Grizzlies and the Jazz, it's kind of slim pickings down there. Whereas you look at the Eastern Conference and you look at, like, even our Raptors squad, like, we're the eighth seed and we're a dangerous eighth seed. Charlotte's a good team. Cleveland's a good team. Brooklyn yeah. is in the sixth spot because the conference is so, so strong that it's knocked them down. So, yeah, we could talk about the the Western Conference dominance of Phoenix and, and Golden State, but I think really the the bigger streak of the week is is the Nets hitting six straight losses. I mean, I'm down to flow into it. The only thing to mention is, like, Phoenix went on an 18-game win streak, and I feel like when it, when it happened, you and I were talking about how they had, like, one or two amazing good wins against tough teams in that, and then it was just middling. This 11-game win streak is really similar the best team that they beat were us to start it, the Mavs, the Jazz, which I don't count because the Jazz, the Jazz have been falling, and, and the Nets, and the Nets, and they just beat the Nets on the end of their streak. So, like, yeah, it's an 11-game win streak, but this, this is when a team is good enough that they should be winning these games, and they're healthy, and they have their players. And it's Chris Paul, who is on a vengeance tour, right? We all know Golden what State, are. Golden State, though, I just have to really quickly mention, like, Clay hasn't been great. He's been great on my fantasy team, for sure. But they're figuring it out. Draymond is still injured. 
Wiggins is an all-star, which we're going to talk about later, but it is what it is. So, yeah, let's talk about the Nets. Let's talk about the East, whatever you want to go. Well, man, I, I think the, the Nets losing six straight, being two and seven since Katie went down. Um, it's hard when you're rotating in Kyrie and, and Harden's got to carry the load, especially when he can't do what he used to do. Um, they're just They're just absolutely falling right now. Um, it's it's kind of sad to see. They'll probably still make the playoffs, but hey, man, this is not the Nets team that everyone predicted when they got together. It's hard when you know Kyrie is only playing so many games, and there's the consistency issue, and obviously not having Kevin Durant is big, and Harden is you know doing Harden things, I guess. So I'm interested to see where the Nets can go. The East is just a, a fun place right now. Like I'm more excited to talk about the Cavs. I wanted to talk about them last week. You know, they're 9-13 and 13 in their last games right now. They were 8-10, and 10, so they, they had a bad week, 1-4, and four, but that's not the point. The point is that they are legit. Evan Mobley is a rookie star besides the likes of Franz Wagner and Scotty Mobley. Scotty Mobley, wow, Scotty Scotty Barnes, Barnes and Holy Cade Cunningham. And Cade, right? Like, the, the one failure apparently is um, Jalen Green right now, a lot of people are worried about. But this Cavs team, Matt, Kevin Love has been amazing. They've figured some things out, and I'm really excited that they've been back. I'm sad that I didn't believe in them, having them be the second-worst team in the East when I called it, but, man, it's just good basketball all around in the Eastern Conference right now. It's it's amazing basketball in the Eastern Conference. And, I mean, you got Franz, Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs. I think they both play on Orlando, if I'm not mistaken, and that's going to be a, a good young pair. I mean, we passed up on... Uh, Suggs, which I think probably worked out in or Orlando's favor because Wagner wouldn't get the kind of play that he would in, in front of Scotty. Scotty would be right. ahead of him. And so it probably helped out their franchise. Scotty fits in great with our length, scheme, and defensive monster. I love me some Scotty Barnes. And yeah, man, the top five of this draft and Josh Giddy is the youngest player to, I think, amass like whatever points, assists, rebounds since like LeBron, which is wild. Yeah, I'm stoked for this class, and we think 2018 is a dope class. The, the, that's and that's and that's where we sit now, where draft picks are in this interesting place, and teams are starting to value them more because you can find studs like <laughs> out of out of left field at this point if you scout appropriately and if you're right. And Matt, if you're ready to flip into All Star chat, because I feel like that's where we're rolling to, let's talk about Andrew Wiggins first. First pick in his draft, touted to be the next great star was middling for years when you and I started this pod 80 episodes ago at this point almost there were discussions happening about how Andrew Wiggins had one of the worst contracts in the league and then he got traded to Golden State we discussed how he would have a great opportunity and it would fit right and now this man is an NBA all-star starter man I'm so happy right now he absolutely deserves it man i mean his stats aren't going to be eye popping off the chart like the rest of the guys in the in the starting five but what he does for golden state which is the second best team in the nba um is is awesome and he affects winning i would like to see me a, a goal a, a suns player maybe starting and i don't Agreed. know if, if he should be starting as so much selected to the all-star game andrew wiggins i mean i'm glad to see him there i'm glad to see the narrative turned around on because man I'm pretty sure for the longest time um, I've been saying and beating the drum that he's better than he than his reputation in the States. For a guy who, when he got traded to Golden State, was the like 11th leading scorer since he entered the NBA, 
I'm pretty sure he's good. He's a top 15 scorer in the NBA. That means he's okay, right? And he's young. <laughs> so now that he's playing defense, I love to see it. Oh, man. Another all-star starter that you got to love to see is DeMar DeRozan. The guy spent, what, three years out in Sac- Sacramento? Yep. Uh, San Antonio, sorry. And couldn't get, get into the all-star game out west? Guy oh, left Toronto while he was well. He was an All Star starter, and now he's an All Star starter again in Chicago. The guy dominates the East. He is Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, light life. You know, Amen. <laughs> hey, hey we've talked about it, but the controversy is the way the voting works right now. A lot of people are upset. This, that, the other thing. We have too many young kids. Trey, Jaw, you know, Doncic being is getting as many votes as he does. You know, the fact that we were able to get Wiggins in here. But yeah, I'm so happy for Demar that. That I guess old man of the league at this point, absolutely keeping the Bulls alive through their injury struggles. But you know, we could be surprised with some of the names on this list. But all of them, in my opinion, deserve to be all stars, and all of them could be all star starters. So am I upset at the way that it's been dissolved? No, I voted for a lot of these players, the ones that I wanted to make this list, and Demar and Wiggins did. So I'm happy. Yeah, and at the end of the day, look, we're gonna hear about the reserves later today. Um, yeah, later tonight. Guys yeah. like Kevin Durant, guys like LeBron, they're probably going to sit this one out. They're older, they're hurt right now, they're resting up, they're getting ready for a championship run. So we're going to see some good guys, some young players. I'm excited about it. Um, I like the the All Star Rising Stars Challenge. Um, yes, sir. We got a couple players in this game. I don't know if you know who we got in this game, but we got uh, Scotty Barnes and we got Preci- Precious Achiwa. Not bad, not bad. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, we can totally skip over six-man this week. We'll talk about it next week because it's still a conversation that is going to be kept alive for weeks because it's got to be Raptors chat time. We'll get Scotty and Precious in, in, in these all-star games. I'm going to be excited for them. The slam dunk contest is happening, Matt. I want to talk about it next week, not this week, but four interesting players going to hold that one time. But can we talk about the Raptors? Is it time, Matt? We had a 3-0 week. We had some unreal moments. We started the week with a triple overtime banger, and we ended the week with OG almost ending Butler's career. Like, oh, buddy, it was a great week as a Raptors fan. What I love about it is, like, Raps fans are kind of, like, on OG's case and kind of wanting to trade him and all this stuff. And then he just has a dunk like that in a game like that, and you're like, why would you trade? He's trying to fit in on a roster where there are already so many players who play a similar style to him, and he's got to integrate. Our roster's tough to play in for those big guys because they have to rotate their minutes well. They have to do the the things that the other guys aren't doing. Some guys are higher-level scorers. Some guys are higher-level defenders, facilitators, whatever have you. I love our starting five, and the fact that we could you know use a bench unit, that's about it. Uh, like center Kem Birch coming back, I think we're I think we're scary, man. Miami lost to us twice this week, and I think that was you know a wake up call for them. Uh, I mean, it's an absolute lesson. Shout out to Kyle, who I'm pretty sure is going through some family struggles right now. So hoping all the best for him and his family, obviously. But yeah, man, we 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 beat down Miami and we beat a surging Hawks team right in the middle of it. Gary Trent Jr. though has think has to be the focus here to start because the man. <laughs> five games in a row 30 plus points i'm so happy to see Starboy going off being happy to be part of an organization getting the opportunity to play his game 
And who'd have thought his defense would have been where it's at today, Matt, when we traded for him a year ago? And he is thriving, and I'm so happy to see it. Man, when we traded for the second-round pick, Norm Powell, for this guy, I was super excited about it. I liked Gary Trent Jr. and what he showed on Portland in the playoffs a few times, as, or as a rookie. And I thought to myself, this guy's young, this guy's good. I like it. I didn't think he was going to be this good this fast. Um, to drop five straight 30-point games, which is a franchise record tying DeMar DeRozan, um, the way that he pulls up and gets so hot, there are some shots that he made against Miami last night where it's just like, P.J. Tucker, like you had no chance, no chance with this man in front of you. He's been an absolute delight to watch. I remember when he signed that contract at the beginning of the year, people were talking about, did we overpay? Did we what? It is looking like a steal at the moment. Um, I hope we keep this guy. I hope we can build around him, Scotty, OG, Pascal even. I mean, like, dang, dude. Our team is legit. Do you remember during the, the championship run, in some of these post-game interviews, you'd have players like Pascal, you'd have players like Kyle. They'd have moments where when they talk about when when a guy like Kawhi is just like going off like he is like what's your game plan and they're like you know sometimes you just get him the ball and just like let him go to work listen to any interviews right now Matt because the amount of times I've heard oh when when Gary's on such a streak right now like that is happening he yeah. is he is he's putting in performances where you realize that he can just snipe that shot and to, to flip it a little bit and talk about his his you know his his mate with Fred there Fred has not had a great week he hasn't had a great shooting week. He's had a great all-around week. But if you go to that triple OT game, Matt, Fred did exactly what a veteran leader does. When we were in third overtime, when the boys had all played 55-plus minutes each, oh, I know. he puts in back-to-back three. And then I think OG or Scotty gets a bucket, and then he puts in another three to ice the game because he's like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm tired of this. Like... Every single one of these players, this starting five unit, has had their moments. Siakam's playing the best basketball of his career right now. Absolutely. If we do any trades in a week, like, Drogic apparently is moving. Cool. Don't touch the starting five. Don't touch them. Please. Don't touch them at all. I don't care what anybody offers us. I want to see them grow together. I want to see what they can do. Man, I really, really want to see what this roster can do. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, a little bit of a shakeup, some trades and stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, I said at the beginning of the year that I fell in love with this Raptors team really fast. And if we hadn't had to integrate Siakam back the way that we did, if we hadn't lost Kim Birch, if we hadn't lost OG Ananobi, um, if we hadn't had like the kind of rotating revolving door of injuries and, and trying to integrate our players, I think we would be a top four team, top five team in the West, in the Eastern Conference, which is the better conference right now. Mm. I think if we get into the playoffs, even as a seven or eight seed, teams are going to fear playing us. They're not going to want to play us because we have a players that can shut down your best offensive weapons and burn you in transition. It, it's a really interesting time because I'm starting to see these conversations pop up of people being scared of the Raptors, not wanting to face them because you're right. And we have conversations about how how is our defense one of the worst in the leagues? How is it so low in the league? Well, the conversation is, is we destroy and shut down your best players. We have game plans that can make certain things happen. And if your co-stars, if your supporting cast isn't on, when we're on, you're going to lose the game. It's just a fact of how the Raptors play right now because of the 
options we have because of the opportunities that each of these players is getting. And we don't have Birch, who I think would be fantastic. We need a backup point guard. I've been glad to see Banton get a couple of minutes here and there, but if Drogic can get traded for something valuable that can give us serviceable bench minutes, Matt, we are a scary potential seventh seed getting above and out of the plan. I would love to see it, man. Sixth seed, even. Man, I, I honestly think that we're a very, very scary team. Um, the fact that Ken Birch just coming back to set screens and rebound and be a big body is all that we really need. I We have the best starting five in the NBA. I, I honestly believe that. Like, one to five, um, our top five players against any top five players in the NBA, if you were just to play a game that way, I honestly believe that we could beat any team in the NBA. And we've had conversations about how the NBA is transitioning into a positionless basketball system. And, you know, we, we mentioned how we're similar to the Cavs, but in, in a different light in our position. But, like, we are built for that positionlessness. And if, and if all of our young guys can and accept that system and work together and buy into what we're doing, oh, my gosh, Matt, I'm so excited for what the future holds. Absolutely. I'm, I couldn't be more excited to, to see this team grow and – We've got so many young players. Um, it's it's just a delight, man. Like we've got the youngest, one of the youngest rosters in the NBA, and we win on a consistent basis. Yeah, it's what we wanted as Raptors fans. This is where we should be as Raptors fans. This is where we kind of pegged ourselves. I thought maybe we have the potential to be higher after watching this team at the beginning. And at the end of the day, I think we still do have the potential to be higher. It's just you know the the injury has luck and stuff, but. Hey, what a season so far, my friend. I'll take it. Absolutely. Okay, so before we look ahead, you know, I, my new favorite stat, uh, our longest streak as Raptors right now, we doubled up. Last week we had four. Now we're at eight games in a row with more blocks than our opponents. That's what I love to see, my friend. I'm going to bring this stat back every week. It's my new favorite thing, whatever our longest streak is. But let's Dude. look ahead because we got four games this week, man. Boucher, Barnes, yeah. um, Siakam, OG, um, Gary Trent, all can block a ball. All. Let's yeah. also let's also not forget that Fred wants steals, not blocks. When he gets a, a rip down, a, a takeaway, when somebody's going up for a layup from down. So, anyways, yeah. had to bring that set up because I think it's so fun and so cool. But looking ahead, Matt, Bulls on Thursday, Hawks on Friday, Hornets on Monday, Thunder on Wednesday. Really interesting hodgepodge of teams. Honestly, can go any which way in this direction, but. We're on a win streak, so I, I want to see us keep it up. We just beat the Hawks and the Hornets, which is going to be tough to then go back-to-back, but I think we can do it. Uh, they're going to be tougher games, but games that are winnable. The Thunder feel like a trap game to me. I just uh, There's something about it that feels like a trap game and feels like a loser. Um, the Bulls just beat us and are going to be the toughest game of the week. Um, going to be the one that we're going to have to be the, the most ready for, most competitive in. Um, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see where we're at. Um, hopefully we can get the win against the Bulls, you know, push our win streak to, to four. Um, that'd be nice. I'm looking forward to it, Matt. All right, anything else, or is it time for predictions? I, I think it's time for predictions, man. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I will happily go first because I've been on this football train, and I get a break now. I get my week to relax, even though I'm a 100% in on my take. I know who's winning the next Super Bowl, but... Matt inspired me, all right? He went with a Raptors take last week. I'm going to be a little bit kinder to my team. I'm not going to have zero faith. That actually ends up being all the faith because Matt's weird like that. I'm calling a 3-1 week, okay? I'd love to be at 30 wins by the end of this week. We're sitting 26-30. and 30. 
but I'm going to call the flex, okay? Three and one week incoming. I want to see it from the boys. Hey, man, 29-24, that'd probably jump us over Charlotte. I'd, I'd be in to see it. Man, I'm going to stick in the NBA with you. I'm looking at that, that red-hot Phoenix Suns team. They play the Hawks. They play the Wizards. They play the Bulls. They play the 76ers. I think yeah. they're gonna they're gonna get all four wins, and that's gonna be a fifteen game win streak, my friend. I mean, getting the win over the 76ers to make it fifteen would be a lot of motivation for them. And I mean, the weird thing about all of these takes is with the trade deadline coming up, we have no idea how these teams are gonna uh, trade things around, move things around. If a blockbuster deal happens, somebody's gonna lose a win that we totally expected them to get a W. So we'll see. Abs- absolutely, man. It's it's gonna be a very very interesting time. Um, I'm excited about it, though. Kind of missed football this weekend, but hey, we got basketball, and that's what we need. You're going to be okay, all right? It's exciting times. You're getting some championships. You're getting some more basketball. All-Star weekend's coming up. It's sports, man. You're going to be all right, I promise. Absolutely, my friend. I think you're going to take us out, though. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe. Give us that thumbs up, whatever you need. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.